0: What's up, Spokane? Welcome back. I'm your host, Sam Perry, here to keep you up to date on all things happening in our wonderful city in the Inland Northwest. Let's get down to it. The COVID-19 Delta variant is unfortunately spreading across the state and the nation. Currently, the Delta variant accounts for about 60% of all COVID cases in the country and about 40% of cases in Washington. And it seems that the main demographic of those who contracted Delta in the state are youth, whereas 60% of all Delta cases are those of people between ages 0 and 34. With that, Spokane Regional Health District is now recommending to re-implement the use of masks indoors, regardless of vaccination status. This comes after the CDC made the same announcement. It's not only the CDC and the SRHD, but Governor Inslee is even saying the same thing. He emphasized how Washington's youth who cannot yet get vaccinated should continue COVID-safe protocols. Also, this upcoming school year, students, grades K-12, through and faculty will be required to mask up during school, also regardless of vaccination status. And with that new information, Spokane Public Schools have announced that they will work to reopen their schools this fall with the proper health and safety guidance while maintaining a close relationship with the Washington Department of Health and the SRHD. Plans to have in-person schooling full-time have not yet changed but for the families that wish to continue at-home learning for their children, we'll have the option to do so with Spokane Virtual Academy through SPS. fully online learning for Spokane students K through 12, but hurry quick because you have until August 8th to sign up and register. And that's What's Up Spokane. To stay, f- stay fresh on all the latest news regarding Spokane and the Inland Northwest, tune in next time to What's Up Spokane with me, Sam Perry. We'll be right back with The Pulse.
1: This is Bloomsday in Spokane. We got about 40 firefighters and their friends and family handing out 40,000 cups of water as the day goes by.
2: It's a very good opportunity to see the public and support them and help them out and cheer them on during Bloomsday.
3: It's one of the best things about Spokane is that we have these major events and the whole community comes together not just to participate, but to volunteer and show that they really care about our city and making our city look great.
4: This type of an event really is emblematic of Spokane because so many people get involved. We have 50,000 people probably running this race. Always has been a very huge event.
0: Right now we're at the corner of Broadway and Nettleton. It's the last water station before the finish. So people are pretty much uh, dehydrated by the time they get to us. They really need our water.
5: The water stations are a vital part especially on a warm days like today. It's real important that we have the volunteers to help with that. Without the volunteers, Bloomsday wouldn't exist.
4: All up and down the course, there are people that are involved in this celebration. It really is a celebration of what Spokane's all about. At Wendell, you are respected, you are valued, And we have an experience tailored to fit your lifestyle. I'm Nick. And I'm Gina.
0: And we bought three cars from Wendell Motors. Uh, Throughout the day, I just kind of would get updates, texts, phone calls, and I was actually really impressed with with how my wife was taken care of.
4: People should shop at Wendell because they make you feel like family. For your tailored experience, come see us at Wendell at the
0: Y or wendell.com. Welcome to Apex Plaza, Spokane's one-stop cannabis destination. Apex Cannabis features thousands of economy, value, and luxury cannabis products. Canagear features hemp-based CBD products, glass, goods, and gear. Stop by a 1325 North division to experience the Apex difference. This product has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming. Marijuana can impair concentration, coordination,
6: and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence of this drug. There may be health risks associated with the consumption of this product. For use only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children.
4: When building a home or considering a major remodel, who are you going to choose? The Spokane Home Builders Association is an organization that works to elevate professionalism in the residential construction industry. We promote, protect, and educate for our community building our community one home at a time we are the spokane home builders association
0: welcome back next up Kent adams sits down with pulitzer prize-winning spokane photographer john moore
6: well kent adams here with pulse of spokane
0: and um, i'm kind of excited
6: about my guest during this period because he got to do and is doing what I wanted to do way back in high school. I wanted to be a photographer, and he's one of the best. He shoots from rooftops. He shoots all over Spokane. And perhaps even more important to all of us, he's very involved in the taking our veterans back to Washington, D.C., And as you know, it's been a couple years now with all that's been going on. So we're going to hear more about that with John Moore right after this.
4: today to learn how PowerView Automation makes everyday living effortless.
3: I'm Tyler Lamasters. Spokane's homelessness has been mismanaged by City Council. There is no compassion in failure. A fresh perspective is needed to address this issue. In November, I hope you vote for me, Tyler Lamasters, for Spokane City Council, District 2. <laughs> Paid for by the committee to elect Tyler Lamasters.
6: Starting a digging project? Before you reach for the shovel, you must click callbeforeyoudig.org, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. Protect our buried utilities and click callbeforeyoudig.org. Well, welcome. As I said, uh in introducing this, John Moore. I love your photography. It has captured mainly night scenes over Spokane. Uh, the past few years, I don't know how long you've how long have you been doing
1: this? Um, the last six or seven years of my police career was shooting photos at night, <clears throat> albeit a lot different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I haven't had to testify in court about any of those in the last few since years. I've retired. Right, know? right. So I've been doing. But you're this happy long about time. that, aren't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm having a
6: blast.
0: Good. Out there. Good.
6: What made you decide to go? And do, and we're showing some of your beautiful, absolutely beautiful shots of Spokane in various seasons and everything else. What made you decide to capture that for us?
1: Well, it's fun. I mean, back in my police career, when we weren't in the middle of hell, yeah, um, you could actually sit in a place and look out over the city, and it's absolutely gorgeous. And that hasn't changed. Right. I think, fortunately for for us, the listeners, the viewers we live in a beautiful place. Yeah. So taking photos, letting everybody know where it is that we live yeah. in a variety of different places that other photographers can't get to, Right. I think uh, I'm just having a blast doing it along with a number of, of colleagues Good. That, that I have on my teams.
6: Yeah, I, I remember you have access to a lot of buildings. People have been very gracious to open them up to you and, and so forth, because most of the time we wouldn't want someone climbing on our roofs. And, well, there's a liability
1: yeah. issue. Of I think, course, these and so days.
6: Yeah, and, and there's always a hungry attorney out there somewhere, right? Probably. Probably, <laughs> yeah. Um, b- but what reactions do you get from them after they've seen what you've done?
1: Well, I got started on, on the rooftop things when I was in the crime prevention unit okay. at the police department, and so I met the building owners, worked on security management issues. Right. Uh, so when I retired and I got into the photography thing, I started volunteering my time doing public service shoots. Okay. And some of those required being up high. Sure. And when I approached the building managers and owners,
6: they all they knew already you.
1: knew me. Yeah. They knew my work ethic, and so. I had no problem getting up on top of buildings, yeah. and uh, it it helps from a, a technical standpoint from photography. Right. So I can get above tree level. I can avoid street lights staring me like a flashlight in your face in right. a dark room. Right. I can avoid all those things. Nice. Nice. And the fact that the city city lights go forever, it's just it's uh, one of the photographers I had up on a roof said it's information overload. Yeah. It literally is. Yeah. It's just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. And I'm very fortunate to be able to do that
6: yeah and you just I love going to your site and everything and seeing all those photos and and we've used with your permission some of them when we were absolutely downtown at the old Chancery and 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 so forth and and uh, in this beautiful old building that we're in now which is the Holly Mason building and you were saying a little bit before that you were up on the roof and Lightning was coming. Yeah,
1: I, I was shooting a project for the National Trust for Historic Preservation National Conference. And you do which a lot of that. don't you? Yeah, pretty much all the time, yeah, it's, yeah. And we have one ongoing now. But anyway, we were up on this building on the roof. It was before we had the cell phones with the uh, lightning alerts. And so we saw the dark clouds coming in. I think there were I had three other people up on top with me. When the lightning started and the thunder started, it was time to get the heck off the roof. Yes, yes. So we got chased off your building, and, and uh, yeah. uh, this is a beautiful place that's changed since I've been here. Yes,
6: We feel very fortunate. When you talk about lightning, my son and I were on a trip one time, and we actually met a lady that had been hit by lightning twice. Now, how many times do we, you know, to get hit by lightning once is, uh, is next to being a miracle, if you will. I mean, it just doesn't happen. But twice, and my son and I looked at each other like, is she kidding? And she wasn't kidding, but it does happen. And so, yes, uh, we're very fortunate here. We love being back downtown. Um, We love downtown. We we hope things improve, because there are some issues out there that- that, that There always has
1: been, and probably will be. Yeah, yeah. To degrees, I think is what it is. Yeah,
6: yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. what what's your favorite what What's your favorite shoot here in Spokane? You must well, have one or two.
1: Every shoot that we do is a favorite. <laughs> um, I, all the the elevation type shoots I think is one of the first ones, which was up on the clock tower. Okay. And uh, even working twelve-hour shifts when I worked in uniform um, during Expo, I had never been inside the clock tower. Oh wow. And so I had been doing some projects for the Parks Foundation and City Parks. And so I got invited to go up and shoot oh, yeah. one night up on the clock tower. And uh, you have to wind the clock. Yes. You have to sign the wall. And so I did all that. And then I had 45 minutes to get as many shots as I could. Wow. That was a blast. Yes. That was a lot yes. of fun.
6: Yes. And that
1: would be, if, if I have to claim a favorite, that would be it.
6: And a very unique one. I mean because Very. we all see it it's our symbol that and the 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 TP the with the lights now and all of that a symbol of Spokane and downtown Spokane oh, yeah. Yeah. and so few of us ever get to do what you did so you preserved it in on film or digital um, digital yeah yeah, yeah. Um, the last camera really good camera I had had film so does that tell you how long ago well you know <laughs> the
1: last years that I was at the Spokane PD doing the photography of crime scenes and fatal collisions and so forth. That was all film. Yeah. And when I think of the difference between the digital age and back when I was shooting uh, with the Canon film cameras, uh, what a change.
6: Yes, yes,
1: yes. Much more enjoyable. And as I said before, I don't have to raise my right hand and have a judge sitting next to my right for all the stuff that we're doing now.
6: Yeah, nice, nice. Okay, let's talk about what I know is also important to you, and that's taking Mm -hmm. veterans back. To Washington, D.C. On C. our flight. On our flight, yes. And uh, first of all, thank you for doing that because you've been involved and so forth. You also take and send other photographers, right?
1: I, I try it. We're, we're chartering aircraft now. As, okay I think the last time you and I talked, we were doing commercial flights. Yes. Where we could only take a limited number of veterans. Ah, okay. Well, now we have our own plane, charter our own aircraft oh. where we can put a lot more people yes. on there. Yes. Uh, we can do fewer flights. Instead okay. of doing five a year, we can do two. Uh, okay. Although I think in the f- next year we're going to try to start our spring flight in, in. April. Okay. Depending COVID, pending, yeah. Depending, I suppose. Um, but we'd like to try to do three next year, three okay. charters. All right. So we can get more people back there. But for a year and a half or so, COVID pretty much canceled everything.
6: Right. Right. So right. The,
1: the photographers were frustrated. Veterans couldn't fly. Yes. And in that period of time, we've lost some of those veterans that we could have taken. Yeah. And that's a shame every time we do it.
6: And you mentioned before we started here that you're seeing a lot more of not just World War II veterans, but from other wars, too. Where is it going now?
1: Well, the the majority of the people that are on our aircraft or will be on our aircraft, assuming we can start in spring with our yearly flight schedules again, uh, Korean War veterans ah, okay you know, I, we'd like to target our Korean War veterans before it's too late to get them on the plane yeah but the bulk of, of the people that are flying with us are Vietnam veterans okay and uh, I i mean it's just a, a wonderful thing to see those veterans um, I, you know I'm an Air Force veteran I grew up in an Air Force family so maybe it, it, it kind of makes sense that I'm a part of something related to veterans yes yes so well, we my son was in the Air Force, so... Yeah, Yes. yeah. yeah and so I, I think that, that having done all these veterans that we've flown since we started in 2010, Yes. Um, it's as much fun, if not more fun, for my photography team. Yes. I'll take two of my photographers, put them on the plane so that they can catch the DC part of it. Yes. And then we put together um, the entire program, the entire, from the time they get to the airport yes. in the morning for departure, until they leave the airport after arrival. Uh, my photographers will be catching all that. And we put that together into a DVD, uh, simple like I have here. Yeah. And the families get it, the veterans get it, and it's a forever thing. When, yeah, if absolutely. the veteran passes, the family still the has The family has a memory mm-hmm. that exactly. was
6: good for their dad or grandpa or whatever it may be. Or
1: all of the above.
6: I love that. I absolutely Letter love that. I do too. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. Um, I was thinking back yesterday on my dad who passed away years ago, 20 some years ago, but it was his birthday and you go back and you look at pictures and so forth. Not what we have today with digital and DVDs oh, and, absolutely. And, and so forth, you know, and uh, how blessed we are that, I guess it's good that my grandkids will have <laughs> pictures of me and in video and, and and so forth. They may laugh through it all, but, but some well, of
1: my grandkids and my daughter are on the honor flight team. Yeah, so they're shooting now.
6: You take volunteers though, too, don't you?
1: Uh, it's it, as far as the photographers go, probably not.
6: Okay, okay. So who uh, helps? I- who hel- helps? There are people who help with this, right?
1: Yeah, we have, uh, we call them yellow shirts. Okay. And they do all the, the management of the crowds and things like okay. that for arrival and so forth. The photographers, I've pretty much much got them structured on what they're going to be yeah, doing yeah. and what I expect. And, right. And uh, that's what I need for the DVD. So we, we break it down into multiple structures. Yes. Um, and the board members, we have different responsibilities. Right. but. Everything got done until the virus hit, yeah, and yeah. so we haven't done much lately.
6: you got to kick it back into to gear, and it sounds like you are. Yeah,
1: we've had, we only had one board meeting, and that was within a month and a half, I think. Wow. Looking forward to next spring Yeah. when we'll be meeting once or twice a month again.
6: Y- do you accept donations?
1: We accept donations. Uh, the last finance report we had was, was terrific since we started. Okay. I think we're on the upside of $4 million. Wow that we've had donated to us to fly our veterans back there. Um, And and it's it's important to do that. Yes. And so are the people that are volunteering, the people that are donating not only just time, but money. Yeah. um, It's very been very, very helpful. In fact, I think therapeutic for some of our veterans to to get a chance to fly with others and fly back to the war memorials that they own.
6: Absolutely. And especially for those who have been on the World War Two they didn't talk about it, and still don't talk about it very much. My guess is when they're there with their brothers, they talk about it and yeah, feel my, more comfortable.
1: Yeah, my uh, my wife Cheryl, her her father was in, on the USS Nevada in World War II, and and I don't know how many battle stars that the, that that ship got, but it was amazing when he went back on on honor flight back right. there, and for the rest of his life, he passed away a year, just over a year ago. Um, as as many of our other veterans, right? But every time he got a chance, he'd ask me if I could fly him back there again. Wow! Like, I couldn't do it, but right. you know,
6: he knew it. That meant something to him.
1: It, it, you know what means that? It's it's that important to every veteran. It's yes. so for those of us on the board, it's important to get him back there. Yes. And for the photographers that do all the documentation, it's important to do it yes. right. For the volunteers that work. I, I, we couldn't do this without volunteers. No, no. So in, in terms of, w- we do take volunteers, but I don't take volunteers okay. for, for my photographers. I want technical people, and, oh, and so I'd have to review right. what they do and you know, so forth.
6: Sure. Where can people get information on donating funds and things like that?
1: InlandNorthwestHonorFlight.com. Okay.
6: okay. Very simple. Or on Facebook. On Facebook. Yeah. Welcome in, to today, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's,
1: it's, we have uh, presences on both. Okay. Uh, donations can come in and, and they continue to, even though we haven't flown right, for a year and a half. I mean, everybody's been in the same boat. Th- th- for everything. Of us on, yeah, everybody because of the COVID thing. So hopefully in, in spring we'll be beyond th- the bulk of this and we can actually go to the places that we intend on taking our veterans to.
6: Good. John, thank you to you and uh, the Inland Northwest Honor Flight, the volunteers, the board members. Uh, this is a special thing you're all doing, okay? We need to honor those who have stepped up and served our country.
1: Agree totally. And,
6: and, and uh, especially to those who gave it all, but those that are here and we're in a time situation that it's moving fast and we, we I hope and pray that we're back to in the springtime where you can At take... At least
1: semi-normal yeah, by then. Yeah. And we can get our people back there.
6: Absolutely. Keep us informed, okay? Will do. All right. The website again is?
1: InlandNorthwestHonorFlight.com.
6: Okay. And on Facebook.
1: on Facebook, inlandnorthwest.com. Right.
6: I urge you, this is a, something that we really like to support around here, and I hope you will too. Thanks for watching the Pulse of Spokane, everybody. Have a good day.
4: The economy is getting stronger. Banks are lending again and interest rates are at historic lows. Now is a great time to buy your dream home. The caring and knowledgeable professionals at Homes for You have been helping people just like you for over 20 years. They take the time to listen to what you want and will help you find just the right home in Washington or Idaho. Real estate is what we do at Homes for You, 928-5782 or visit online at homes4uspokane.com. the number This is River Ridge. Frame shop called Frame It Today, where we could take your art,
5: customize it, and get it ready to hang on the wall.
6: Here at River Ridge Harbor.
5: 2803 West Garland.
4: The world has changed a lot in 50 years, and Kimley Haygood has changed with it. We still provide our customers with the highest level of service. Whether it's financing, construction management, property management and maintenance, leasing or sales, our team is here to help you make the best decisions with your real estate. (music) Weather in the Inland Northwest can wear you down. And if your gutters are in poor condition or you do not have gutters, you could suffer damage that could cost a fortune to fix. Rainman Seamless Rain Gutters has almost 30 years of professional experience in serving the Inland Northwest region and strives to ensure customer service that is second to none from the time you call to the
0: end of the project. And now we give the floor to Ozzy Knezovic. The Sheriff's Report.
6: Sheriff Ozzie Konezovich talks with community leaders about issues in the public safety arena, sponsored by River Ridge Hardware.
5: This is Sheriff Ozzie Konezovich with the Sheriff's Report. Today in studio with me, we have Jonathan Bingle, and Jonathan's running for Spokane City Council. Mm-hmm. So, with that in mind, I'm going to turn it over to Jonathan to do a quick introduction. Yeah. Uh, tell us which position you're actually running yeah. for, and the
2: ultimate question is why. Right. Um, well, my name is Jonathan Bingle. I'm running for City Council position, uh, District 1 position 2. Uh, Michael Cathcart sits in position 1 right now, Kate Burke sits in position 2. And so, I'm running for Kate Burke's seat. Um, and uh, I'm running because, um, like many people that I've spoken to, uh, you, we're just frustrated by the direction that this city council is going. We see very much, uh, you know, heavy influences from the bigger cities in Washington, and we see the policies that are being passed in bigger cities like Seattle being, you know, starting to find their way into um, into Spokane. And being somebody who very deeply loves this area, and wants to see it continue along the right path. Um, you know that compelled me to run to fight for um you know conservative values and uh to fight for the city of spokane without allowing um other cities policies and ideologies to uh to taint and to uh pervert the the city of spokane so uh, that's one of the big reasons why i'm running
5: you know you're kind in your introduction there because um i'm not yeah I see what's going on mm-hmm. and people may not re- realize I'm actually a citizen of the city of Spokane I mm-hmm. live in the city of Spokane yeah and some of the things I see and some of the things mm-hmm. I, I hear them do um, really worries me because mm-hmm. I know the jeopardy that it puts the citizens of this city mm-hmm. you know uh, and I call this particular City Council Seattle light absolutely uh, yep. I mean you are heading down the path of that extreme socialism, Marxism, mm-hmm. and people go, sheriff, sure, Marxism, really? It, Without a doubt. That is it. Mm-hmm. That is, I mean, when you start talking about critical anything.
2: Absolutely, any critical theory.
5: Critical race theory, critical mm-hmm. criminology, it is all based on Marxist Absolutely. philosophy. Now, how do I know that? After working for my master's, getting my master's, I had to study I'd read all kinds of books and the books actually state that I mean they don't hide it in your college mm-hmm. curricula As a matter of fact it is taught at the college curricula level yes so I'm I'm not being you know that extreme idealist no, no I'm just being a realist man this is what's coming mm-hmm. wake up or you're going to have that Marxist philosophy mm-hmm. so with that in mind when you're talking about that philosophy versus what your vision would be let's hit the 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 ground running if you will public safety law enforcement absolutely what do you think
2: where are we so what what i've been told and you know through the conversations that i've had with you know yourself and the police chief um in the city of spokane what i know is that we're uh, about 100 officers short of where we should be for a city our size and the state of Washington is 50th out of 50 when it comes to police per capita. Um, If you count- We're actually
5: 51st I was about to say, if you count Washington
2: D.C., then we're 51st. And when you're dealing with a situation like that, when you have a police department that is severely underfunded, what ends up happening is, you know, some of the crimes that frustrate us most, you know, property crimes, we just don't have the bodies to deal with them. You know, our police officers are terrific. As a matter of fact, I'm going on um, another ride along tomorrow. But on the ride-alongs I've been on, you see they have all these calls coming in, and they have to prioritize based on you know severity, um, which makes sense. Um, but if we had the officers, if we had the staff um, available, you know, then we could actually start to see, I think, a significant decrease in crime because we would have the ability to actually go and and punish and uh, and um, take care of criminals. So um, I want to very much push for of uh, the proper funding of our police force to get it to the, um, to the level that it needs to be to where Spokane can be, um, you know, our families and our neighborhoods can be as safe as possible.
5: You know, one of the things that concerned me just recently in reading the paper on some of the ideas that are coming out, mm-hmm. and part of that is, you know, mental health. And rather than give SPD kudos for the work that they've been right. doing in that arena, the City Council, once again, wants to strip them of their abilities, mm-hmm. which means the behavioral health units, which have been working very, very well, yep. police officer and frontier behavioral yep. mental health specialist teamed up in a patrol car. They go out and respond. We've cut many people from having to go to jail, mm-hmm. from going to the emergency room, getting the proper health yep. right then and there. They want to cut that. Mm-hmm. And basically, they found a way to defund the police department a doubt. in that the initiative they passed, I believe it was in 2019, which they passed in order to get more police officers, they now want to strip that money and put more money into behavioral health yep. folks that will go out with EMS mm-hmm. to deal with these things. And the EMS folks are, and behavioral health folks are going, um uh, wait a minute you realize what we're going to right so that's those are the type of things that worry me about um you know, electing people to the city council mm-hmm. what's your thoughts are uh, you know though, are are you willing to step up and and stand against these basically behind the scene defund
2: efforts absolutely so um my wife and i we had um, mm-hmm. Last year, we, we own an events and entertainment business. And the government's response to the pandemic shut our business and our industry down. Um, you know, even now, it is, it is. I mean, it's recovering, but incredibly slowly. And uh, we had a real moment there in time where it was like, is this where we want our future to be? Because Spokane has always been my home. I love this city more than anything. And um, we had a real time where we had to think about it. And I don't know what it was, but something rose up inside of me. And it's just... I refuse to cede this territory physically or intellectually to people who hate the United States, who hate what it stands for, who hate those who enforce the laws of of the land. And uh, I refuse to cede that territory. And that same passion and energy and fire and that fight, um, I'm very much looking forward to bringing because it's a noble fight that needs to be fought. And if people don't rise up and fight it, then what we're going to find is we're going to find a situation where many people just say, okay, this isn't what I recognize anymore. I'm out. And I refuse to be one of those people who who, you know, is is the flight. I'm gonna be the fight.
5: Well and amazingly enough, you have all these people leaving mm-hmm. the Seattle area, the mm-hmm. King County area. Yep. They're coming here and I've actually talked to those folks over the last six, seven, eight years mm-hmm. that we've started seeing that slow erosion out of the Seattle, King County area. Mm-hmm into other parts of the state of Washington and mm-hmm. in my discussions with them, they, they always complain about what happened there and you know how bad it was. Mm-hmm. And then they start talking about the politics and I'm like, okay, you just said how bad it was. Right. Why are you still electing yep. the same type of people? Yep. And you're thinking about voting for those same type of people mm-hmm. here. Uh, do me one favor, don't bring what you ran away yep. from here
2: don't Seattle and can. That,
5: that seems to click with them and gives them a, a takes them back a little and they go you're right mm-hmm. why we cannot continue to say we don't like what happened but continue to elect right. those simply because of a letter totally and I'm, I'm amazed at that mentality yep. homelessness hmm what are you do you want to do
2: yeah, so typically when we talk about homelessness, the, the people who are frustrated with, with the homeless, they're typically talking about the chronically homeless, the vagrants, uh, the shelter resistant homeless, um, and that's really what I want to focus in on because those who are temporarily homeless, bad bill knocked them out, You know, we're a generous community, we want to see you get back on your feet. But when it comes to you know vagrants and the chronically homeless who do tend to have overwhelming addiction issues or mental health issues, the thing is that The real tragedy of the situation is that in the United States, and particularly on the West Coast, by the way, Washington, Oregon, and California uh, comprise 61% of the nation's homeless population are in our three states. And I think that's because we have really bad policies. Um, And the problem is is that we're treating a human problem like it's a housing problem. And being generous people, we continue to throw money at it, but the problem is, is that in government there's a pretty basic axiom. Anything you want to get rid of, you tax. Anything you want to promote, you subsidize. And by throwing more and more and more and more money at homelessness, what we've done is we've inadvertently created an industry of homelessness where we continue to fund providers who, with very good intentions, are contributing to a problem. And so what we need to do as a city is we need to decrease our funding for um, for homeless providers uh, because we're just continuing to um, uh, to enable folks who really um, housing isn't their issue. The addiction and the mental illness are the issue. And those are the things that we need to be focusing on. Those are the things that we need to be seeing progress on um, in individuals to continue to um, help them get to restoration, to help them get to the healing from their brokenness. And that's the philosophy I want to bring is, uh, you know, if you need help, we want to help you. There is a plan that you must follow. There is something that you must contribute back to the city of Spokane, because it's unfair for you to just take from the city of Spokane without contributing anything back.
5: Very rarely do you hear that, that line of thinking mm-hmm. expressed openly mm-hmm. in this uh, discussion. Mm-hmm. The people that, you know, at least one of your opponents mm-hmm. that you're running against um, is on the exact opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've, I've listened to the pa- council mm-hmm. president, Mr. Beggs, talk about homelessness mm-hmm. and how it's a, a housing issue. It's a, mm-hmm. an affordable housing issue. Right. Sorry. I hate to tell you this, yep. but this is not economic driven. Correct. Because if it was, we could actually help. Because mm-hmm. most people that end up homeless due to economic situations mm-hmm. want out. Yep. <laughs> they don't want to stay in that that environment. Mm-hmm. You are 100% spot on mm-hmm. when you say that they're shelter resistant, mm-hmm. meaning they don't want to live in shelters. Right. They want, they want to live out on the street mm-hmm. and you know, our, our own media has, you know, countered that narrative going, mm-hmm. Oh no, we've done, we've talked." you, you who, who have you talked to, right? Because I talk to these folks and they're like, no, I don't really want a shelter. Mm-hmm. We have uh, an individual that sleeps outside the public safety building daily. And nightly Mm -hmm. we have done everything in our power to help that individual Mm -hmm. out but they don't want to stay in a shelter Mm -hmm. and as far as I'm concerned anytime you provide a safe place to shoot poison into your body that's assisted homicide absolutely it is and you don't fix people by allowing that them to kill themselves Mm -hmm. and that's basically what we're allowing them to do you have to the big word is accountability yep and um, it's so refreshing mm-hmm. to hear somebody talk about we will help you, mm-hmm. but there's an accountability piece yep. here. Uh, UGM mm-hmm. does a great job the in standard. that arena.
2: Yes, absolutely.
5: So law enforcement. Mm-hmm. We have the homeless issue. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to talk about another big one, yes. and that's the mental health issue. Yes. What's your thoughts on the mental health? crisis that spokane Mm -hmm. really is dealing with but no one likes to talk about and quite frankly no one's really providing the funding to fix that issue Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: yeah we do have a mental health crisis and i think i I think it really does stem from um, a lot of the uh, curriculum in schools quite honestly i think the way that students are being taught um, i think it's um, it's a really perverse ideology in many ways. That that um, you know, particularly to um, certain individuals, when they tell them that you know you can't succeed in America, uh, you know the, the you know the, the country that you live in is incredibly racist. It's never been good. It's never actually helped anybody in the world. Uh, we're giving these people a, a crisis of identity, and it's no wonder that we're we're dealing with you know mental health issues um, more than what we've seen in the past Um, and it's because you know again when you when you are telling somebody that that they're bad you know their country is bad their family is bad this is bad it's no wonder when somebody says okay well where do I belong? Why do I exist? Um, it's, it's no wonder that these, these issues actually happen. Um, and so um, that's why I'm, I'm thankful for uh, people like Kata Dean and Daryl Gefkin who are running for uh, school board because we need some significant changes in our, in our curriculum. We need some significant changes in the direction of um, um, of our public schools because public schools play an important role in our, in our city. And I think over the last uh, you know, year and a half, I think the um, um, the way that we didn't allow children to go back to schools when we knew that children were going to be safe, there were there were much better solutions than not allowing children to be back in in schools. I think uh, you know continuing to, I think that's been a major contributing factor to mental health. And so I'm excited for people who are rising up in those arenas as well to help you know correct that ship to help you know right um, right where that's going because I think that's going to play some some big dividends in the future generations uh, when it comes to to mental health. So.
5: The concept mm-hmm. that really drives a lot of the the mental health issues mm-hmm. at the severe mm-hmm. level is a, f- a concept called least restrictive alternative. Mm-hmm. And the state, and quite frankly even at the national level, the, uh, extremely at the state level, they have defunded mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, the western state, eastern state. yep. Uh, in in pretty much crisis because of what's going on, mm-hmm. and least restrictive alternative means no one should be institutionalized. Mm-hmm. They should be released into the community, mm-hmm. into halfway houses. But Jonathan, when they fell at the mental ha- at the halfway houses, mm-hmm. they're not going back to the institution where they end up on the street. Yep. So the the problem that. Relays is it, it totally is going to impact mm-hmm. your budget on the oh, city yeah. council. What's the message for the state that you would like to give the state in reference to? You know, you cannot continue to dump severely mentally ill individuals mm-hmm. who truly their only true safety net is institutionalized. Uh, and people want to say that that's a, a an evil word. No, it's not. I mean, that's how they get help. That's how they get the treatment. That's how they get better. Yeah. What's your message to these politicians that just want to, you know, drop it at the local level and walk away.
2: Yeah. So again, I would say, let's look at, you know, our, our, uh, mentally ill population. And again, we know that, um, you know, a good portion of the, uh, chronically homeless are mentally ill and we can ask ourselves this question right here. Is this what we want for, for that group of folks? Is this what we want? If not then we've got to do something different and I think it does come down to funding those programs to make sure that we are able to um, to take care of them in the best way possible.
5: Right. Yeah. When we also take a, a look at Spokane mm-hmm. roads always come into yes. the major discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never lived in a community that is so hyperly focused on on roads roadways what's your plan for sustainability mm-hmm. because this area is growing mm-hmm. and we i've always looked at spokane as a diamond in the rough yeah and if the spokane ever truly figured out its its identity mm-hmm. there'd be no stopping this stream from being one of the you know Powerhouses economically totally. within the state of, of Washington. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we're always hampered by the east side or mm-hmm. the west side because they make doing business very, very hard mm-hmm. in this area. Yeah. yeah in the state. So, your thoughts on the sustainability of growth and and how we maintain the infrastructure? And I want to throw one caveat in. Sure. If you're going to bring more people in. Yeah. And you're going to bring more businesses in and more development. Mm-hmm. Why is there never a strategic planning for your public safety to go along with right. that
2: growth? Right, right. So, we do have some pretty incredible growth that's happening right now. I think that, that um, one of our biggest issues when it comes to the growth is the amount of housing that we have. Right now, we're, I mean, in 2017, we were 32,000 housing units short. Um, and so, for us to, I think, be able to fund and establish Um, really solid budgets for infrastructure I think we need to get housing built because then we can widen the tax base as opposed to a few paying a lot we can have a much broader tax base paying property taxes funding things that are going to be able to take care of the roads we also have a pretty unique situation right now in that the um, the city is receiving 84 million dollars in American rescue Plan funds these are dollars that should not be used for programs that have a yearly budget these are one-time dollars. We should use them on things that um, that haven't been done in the past. And specifically, we have the ability with 84 million dollars in the Northeast. We have 61 miles of unpaved roads. Okay. We have 84 million dollars that we can use to pave some of the roads, to widen, you know, certain sections of the freeway. Whatever we need to do to make it to where traffic flows um, much better. Because um, well, and I think again one of the reasons why we're having increased strain on our on our roads is because by not allowing housing to be built here what's happening is people are building in Post Falls. Now many of those people or Liberty Lake or the Valley or Airway Heights or you know Deer Park they're building around instead of building in Spokane many of these people still work in Spokane and so we're having a huge uh, you know commuters or uh, you know a great amount of commuters coming from other parts of the area to work in the city um, and it's no wonder that we're seeing increased strain on our infrastructure so i think that by building housing in the city of spokane we can significantly reduce traffic numbers um, which also helps to significantly reduce the amount of carbon that these vehicles are emitting into the into the environment to uh, you know help us to do as much as we can as, as human beings to reduce our, our carbon footprint um, i think housing is a big deal I think the money that's coming in um, from the American Rescue Plan are dollars that we should be spending on, on the infrastructure.
5: All right, we've talked about the homeless, mm-hmm. we've talked about the mental health issues, mm-hmm. economic mm-hmm. aspects, yeah. law enforcement, and I want to hit you with the, the issue that I've faced for the last 16 years. Yes. When are we going to do something about a broken criminal justice system mm-hmm. And the reason part of that system is broken is you have a broken jail. Totally. So what what is your thoughts on how do we how do we finally break this logjam and build a system? Because there are people out there, people that you're running against, mm-hmm. people that have are in power at the city, mm-hmm. have this concept of well, they just want to build a new jail. That's never been the concept. Mm-hmm. It's been the concept of building a new system. Right. So what's your thoughts? How do we get there? How do we break this logjam? Mm-hmm.
2: Um, well, you know, one of my favorite expressions that's come out over the last uh, you know year and a half is listening to the experts, and uh, I'm surprised that when it comes to criminal justice that we have a city council that doesn't listen to the experts, um, and so that's where I would start is is again by taking input from the people. Who are actually doing the work of criminal justice, and you know there's there's a lot of people involved in that. Yourself, obviously, Police Chief Meidel, uh, you know many from the courts um, systems. Um, we can take and have those conversations, and then actually put into a plan that's going to be good for the city of Spokane and, and for Spokane County and for the region, uh, because we know that right now, um, particularly with jail, we know that the jail is is too small for for the area that we have. Uh, you know it was small when it was built. You know it's it continues to be small, and as the population grows. Um, if we want to get serious about um, you know taking a hard stance against crime and not allowing um, uh, criminals to to reign in the city, then we have to have the ability to actually enforce the laws. Um, and so those are things that, um, again, at the city level, I want to to be a voice uh, for reason. I want to be a voice um, for for truth and justice along those lines. Because uh, right now I don't I don't see a lot in the city council who are very interested in. Actually protecting the community. I see a very strong push to protect the people committing the crimes and uh, I want as much as anybody else for a criminal to be rehabbed into society and to rejoin and you know be our brother again or our sister again um, but the real deal is is that I think that victims in our area um, have been uh, have been overlooked and I think it's it's long past time that we actually take crime seriously and we protect people in the city.
5: A lot of frustration when you talk to citizens mm-hmm. about these issues. I, I know that you've been do- going door to door, and I've talked to a lot of the candidates throughout the region that are doing the same thing you're mm-hmm. doing. It, the overarching th- theme seems to be major concern about law and order, yep. crime, Yep. Uh, and you have a city council that actually supported, if not helped sponsor some very bad legislation that has come down and we are now reaping the rewards of Mm -hmm. uh, in reference to law enforcement we have about three minutes left yeah what do you think about how you are going to deal with the legislature on these issues and then wrap up with Your final thoughts, and more importantly, how these
2: folks get a hold of you to help you with your campaign. Yeah, so I we've already dealt with this. So, um, we um at at our church building, uh, you know, we had um, some people that were um um, that we didn't want on the property, and unfortunately, after the state law came in, you know, we we emailed um uh, with, with an officer, and they you know basically said, We know this sucks. But based on this legislation, we cannot help you, was kind of it. And anytime you have police telling citizens when they fear for their safety, when they are uh, you know potentially in danger, sorry you're on your own, I think we have a really big problem. And so we're going to do everything that we can. I'm going to do everything that I can at the city level to uh, refute and rebuke that state legislation to try and make it to where our citizens will actually feel um, and believe that they're safe in the community. Um, With that being said, again, my name is Jonathan Bingle. I'm running for city council uh, in District 1, which is the Northeast. Um, You know, the election is on August 3rd. If you haven't filled out your ballot, I hope you vote for me. Um, You can check me out at jonathanbingle.com. And if you have any questions, give us a call, send us an email, all of the information is on there. Um, I see all of those inquiries and I would love to get back to you. Uh, Thank you for your time. Thank you, Sheriff, for having me on. I really appreciate it and uh, it's been a pleasure.
5: Well, thank you for coming on. And folks, I'm going to tag into what Jonathan just said. Primary is coming up. Here's the sad part of what's happened to America. You all stopped voting in the primaries. Mm -hmm. You're out at the lakes, you're wrapped up with kids and soccer and everything else, really busy lives. And if you want to know why you have lost control of your government to the extremes on both the left and the right, is because you have forgotten that you have to vote in the primary. Mm-hmm. The extremes plan that. They would come out in mass in the primary. You need to start voting in the primary to counter the extremes, elect good people mm-hmm. who have your interest in, in line, mm-hmm. not the extreme agendas and dogma of parties, but the care of the people, doing the people's business. We forget. We are the government. Mm -hmm. There's not this thing called government. In America, it's we are the government. And you need to start taking your government back. And you do that in the primary. Mm -hmm. This is Sheriff Ozzy Knesiewicz with the Sheriff's Report. Have a good day.
4: Thank you. This is River Ridge Frame Shop, called Frame It Today, where we can take
1: your art, customize it, and get it ready to hang on the wall.
4: us today to learn how PowerView Automation makes everyday living effortless.
3: I'm Tyler Lamasters. Spokane's homelessness has been mismanaged by City Council. There is no compassion in failure. A fresh perspective is needed to address this issue. In November, I hope you vote for me, Tyler Lamasters, for Spokane City Council, District 2. <laughs> Paid for by the committee to elect Tyler Lamasters.
6: Starting a digging project? Before you reach for the shovel, you must click CallBeforeYouDig.org, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. Protect our buried utilities and click CallBeforeYouDig.org.
0: Thank you all for tuning in to Week 2 of Spokane Talk's new Pulse program. We hope to see you next time for more news and conversation. I'm Sam Perry, A Frosty.